Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today I am talking to founder of Luca Faloni, Luca Faloni. And uh, Luca Faloni is an Italian luxury menswear label who are opening three stores over the course of the summer in Munich, Miami and Milan. Currently they have locations in London, Stockholm and New York and are fast becoming recognized as the go-to for consumers looking for classic styles from prestigious Italian producers, linen from the oldest mills, Cariaggi cashmere, brushed cotton from Grandi and Rubinelli and full grain leather from Santa Croce. And... It was great fun catching up with Luca. He's been on the show before, but to give you a little reminder of the man, the brand, here in his own words, is Luca Faloni. Yes, yeah, so Luca Faloni is a direct-to-consumer menswear brand. Uh, we focus on made in Italy and uh, fine materials, and basically we skip the, the wholesale channels so we can offer better value for money to our customers and we can have a direct relationship so we can serve them better. You're opening three more stores. We mentioned the one in Marleybone just now. You've got three more on the go. Uh, Munich, Milan, and Miami. Have we got those right? Yeah, yeah. So three at the same time. We, before COVID, we started launching um, stores. We started online as a brand about seven years ago. Then one of our clients was um, a real estate agent. And uh, he convinced me to try to do a pop-up. I was against... Uh, retail back in the days i just wanted to do online but i was impressed by the results of the first store so we gradually decided over the year that uh, we would open stores and uh, so we opened london uh, new york uh, second one in london and then we had plans to open a few more so we opened stockholm as well but then covid came so for for two years of course we had to uh, take a break and now we are back to to business, uh, to opening new stores, um, Munich, Milan, and Miami, as you said. Sounds like a, the, the model that perhaps other people that are burgeoning into the industry should also adopt, right? Develop your market online, keep overheads low. And then if there is an appetite for people to, you know, experience the clothes and, you know, like a community that wants to get involved with the brand, then the bricks and mortar come after. Yes. So first of all, when you start online, uh, you, you don't have to be big. You can start with a single product or a few products. While when you start with a store, you, you need to fill up the store with a, with a collection. So over the years, we, we started online, we got feedback. Uh, and when we add a little bit of a collection, we were ready to start the first store. And um, as we were growing the collection, we were also learning from the stores on how to run it and you know, what are the pros and cons of, of retail. And so now we are a bit more ready to start the continuous launch of new stores. Right. And are you living in London? Is this your home? I live be- between London and Milan mostly. Uh-huh. Okay. Family in Milan. Business in Milan and uh, friends and business in London. I get I, you. I, I studied in London when I was younger and I kind of have my social circles uh, in this part of the world. Do you have any like pressures like being Italian, having a store in Milan, like that kind of pressure of everything being the high peak of Italian craftsmanship, does that ever weigh on your shoulders at all? I, I like to say, I mean, my, my profile, uh, my caption on Instagram says, um, making Italy great again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, uh, of course, it's a, it's a bit of a joke, but, but not so much. Like I, I feel like it's important to be proud in, in your heritage and uh, do, do what you can to uh, push it forward and uh, uh, improve it when you can, where you can, basically. 
where did you get that from? And was your old man well-dressed? Was there something in your DNA that you thought, I have to kind of bring this to the surface? Drill down on that a little bit, where your inspirations come from. I grew up in Turin, which is a medium-sized city in Northwest Italy. And, uh, you know, when you grow up in Italy, you go to school and we don't have uniforms. And so from an early age, you see how people are dressed and everyone dresses differently. And uh, you start developing your own taste. And Turin was a classic town. Like uh, it was the first capital of Italy and people have a classic taste. And, and so in the neighborhoods, you have all the stores that are specialized in, uh, you know, that there is the shirt makers, there is the, the, the stores, the, sh- the shoemaker. And, and so you, you kind of develop a taste and uh, you kind of develop a knowledge of what is, is good or bad in, in terms of both design or craft. I think the first time I really clocked on to the difference between Italian menswear and say what you might find in London. And uh, I had this with a friend. We were both uh, happened to be in Italy at the time and we went out for lunch. And it, there's a lot of just everyday kind of peacocking. And I don't know if it's, it's probably peacocking to us, like Londoners looking at it, but to Italians, it's just Wednesday. You know, we go out, we make sure we look good and we might just be on the way to get a coffee, but we're going to make sure that we look as good as possible whereas i think there's more i don't know casualization in this neck of the woods where we are here would you, would you say that's true yeah in italy people like to make an effort it's not a very rational effort it's, it comes with subconscious maybe like you want to make a good impression and you want you care about how you look i guess the style of our brand is i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's uh, there is a lot of peacocking in in our uh, designs it's, it's very subtle elegance and uh, it's always at the edge between classic and, and, and form, um, casual and formal. And the colors are very always, uh, they're, past, they're classic Italian pastel shades. It's all relatively subtle elegance, so which is, which is what I like. And do you have a hand in the designs? How, what's your kind of nine to five like now around the business and the brand? The structure of my week is the same week after week. I do. I, I like routine because it's. Um, I know what to expect, and I'm more productive. So, for instance, Mondays I do more strategy in the morning than finance in the afternoon. Tuesdays brand, Wednesdays product design in the morning and production in in the afternoon. Uh, Thursday is more like I follow ups, what's going on, and Friday is all the things that I didn't have time to finish the rest yeah. of the week. And the weekend is for a bit of relax. But <laughs> It's not been like that uh, at the beginning. So just recently, I, I started that. And how are you handling putting all of the uh, the ops together for the launches of all these stores? And and maybe touch upon why these cities in particular are important to you. Yeah, so why these cities? Uh, each of them for a different reason, and and all of them were in the plan from the beginning. Of course, I wanted to open a store in Milan as soon as possible, but then COVID came. It took a while to to find the stores that. that the store that we liked but of course milan is very important for the brand and is close to our artisans munich munich is because germany is our third market online the first one is the us the second one is the uk germany is our third market online is of course is a very big e-commerce market and uh, we wanted to have a city a store in the main city for us which is munich uh, to better serve those customers that we have in the area um, and also because Munich is uh, a destination for business traveling for all the Germans um, that are our customers. Miami is, um, again, a different reason. It's because it's a 365 days linen market. 
We're very strong in linen. We're very strong in linen and cashmere. Those are the big area where we excel. Uh, but of course, the, the linen season in Europe is just two or three months long for the summer, while Miami is always summer. So uh, we wanted to have a presence there, uh, just showing our summer collection. Also, it's a window to South America and is a, uh, because South Americans always come to Miami to, to do shopping. And it's generally like the second city in the United States after New York for uh, tourists. Tourists, they have free time, they like to shop, and they're in the mood to, to discover something new. So it's natural that if you want stores, you should have it in some destination of tourism. Uh, like New York for us is very important, not only because there are uh, several uh, millions of people that are our potential target market, but also because uh, you have a lot of traffic uh, there from tourists and business travelers. Going back to your questions on, on difficulties and how to handle operations, I like to say, luckily, I have a, I have a very good team that, 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 that is doing this for me. And uh, we have very good architects that have uh, helped us come up with some uh, nice designs for the new stores. That's really cool. And what about the very first guy? You mentioned about the guy who uh, suggested maybe you should do a pop-up and get into bricks and mortar. Is he still around? Is he scouting locations? I'm actually, far enough, I'm meeting him tomorrow morning said there is a nice store in Chelsea I have to see and uh, we always wanted to eventually have a store in Chelsea so now in London we have one in Marlebone and one in Piccadilly Piccadilly more for the tourists and for the Mayfair uh, professionals and it would be nice eventually one day to have uh, Chelsea so tomorrow I'm, I'm having a stroll with him that's really sweet and actually yeah, I guess it makes sense I mean you've got the King's Road you've got the history uh, you know nice affluent area how old are you, Luca, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 37. 37. All right. Okay. I mean, so is there a, a plan that you can see on the horizon where you might you know, be more hands-off? Perhaps you'll sell it on. You, you might just have this as the empire running in the background. I'm a, a bit of a control freak, so I don't know if that <laughs> would work. Look, eventually, we need to make space to the younger generation, <laughs> whichever form that, that is, but, but um, it will not be for the next, uh, for the near future. These are very interesting times. I mean, like, um, it's always difficult to run a business or to grow a business, but these times are quite particular. You know, it started with, um, you know, Brexit and COVID, now the war, supply chain problems. Every day I go to work and I think, what is the next crazy thing that happens today? I don't, I don't think it's going to be a normal day. I, I, we are prepared for the worst and uh, we expect something um, not ordinary happening. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Brexit. Did that kind of throw any spanners in the works? I mean, the, the stuff I presume is, is made in Italy? Everything is made in Italy. We have a warehouse in Italy that ships to Europe. Uh, and Italy, and we have a warehouse in UK that ships to UK and to US right. um, and some regions in the rest of the world. We are in the process of moving US back to Italy, the US orders back to Italy. Brexit was, um, of course, for the trade with the UK was uh, an annoyance. I wish it didn't happen, but it is what it is. And it's, it's, it's the same problem for everyone in the industry, luckily. Did you have to put any of like, I mean, everything's going up in price. We talk about like the cost of living going up. Have you had to kind of suffer those and swallow those hits? There is inflation, especially on the raw material side. The manufacturing of the products, um, the labor has not increased yet as much. Mm. But of course, 
to give you an example, cashmere yarn has increased uh, 20% from last year. Wow. Linen, 15%. Now, luckily, we've been growing as well a lot, so we can negotiate a little bit, and perhaps we didn't get the full price increase. But it's, it's um, undeniable, right? This is happening. And um, the cost of everything, and uh, also for we are making stores now, right? All the construction materials have gone up a lot from when we started these projects. And uh, we haven't increased prices much. We just a few percentage points here and there because mm-hmm. we just have to, like prices have increased so much. We're trying to uh, take some of the, basically decrease our margin and we don't want to pass on too much to the customers of these price increases. But is uh, we we are monitoring the situation. What's driving up the cost of cashmere? Is it delivery? Cashmere comes from Inland Mongolia, right? All the uh, the cashmere goats are in that region of the world. Now, every second month there is a lockdown in China for COVID, and so shippings are de- uh, shipping is delayed, um, factories closed. So also all sort of problems in the region. Plus, the year before. Uh, the year of COVID, maybe brands didn't sell much, and then all of them they have to rebuy at the same time. So supply is constrained and demand is high. The world is living this moment of mismatch of supply and demand on all industries, and uh, the economies are not doing great. But uh, everyone is scared of lack of supply, so everyone wants to buy more. Like in the same way, during the, the early days of COVID, people were piling up on uh, toilet paper, and then there was not there was scarcity of, so- of toilet paper in the grocery stores, but that was just because uh, people were be- behaving, um, you know, irrationally. Right. Right? I'm always intrigued when I interview founders, and I spoke to you before, so I've kind of got a taste of, of where you are. And you said that you're very hands-on with your ops and stuff like that. I'm just wondering what, like, the most enjoyable part of the process for you is. It seeing the finished product? Is it seeing maybe um, some luminaries or people of note wearing it? Uh, what's what's the moment where you go, ah, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> I like, you know, like, yeah, we have some famous clients that wear uh, our products, but I like it still a lot when I'm when I meet random people wearing my products and I uh, recognize it and uh, and they, you know, they they talk great about the brand. So that part is always always very satisfying. I like it when we where we are able to produce a product that I'm, you know, um, that I'm really happy happy and proud of. I didn't study fashion. I come from another side of the world. We manage the company in a very mathematical way as well. Like we, we have targets, we have strategies to achieve the targets. And so it's always fascinating when we uh, achieve the target of the week, of the months, of the year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, maybe that's a geeky side of me. But <laughs> Well, it makes sense though, because you started as the online business, you know, before you kind of wanted to delve anywhere else. So having the numbers in place, knowing the audience and knowing, I guess, a certain amount of tech is is always going to be beneficial for a business like yours. Are you yeah. talking to tech? Are you uh, on the social media platforms at all? Like the handles? Are you, are you the man behind Luca Faloni? Uh, no, uh, I have a team that, that manages the social media. I'm actually, I don't like to even look. I, I follow my account, but uh, the brand account, I don't, I don't like to look at it. I don't like to look at the account. I don't look, I look at the website. I don't even like to go in my stores because I'm very, I have an eye, I spot very quickly if something is not working or it doesn't Ooh. look 100% right. So I always uh, kind of uh, get angry when I, 
Robert De Niro and Casino complaining about the lack of muffins, uh, lack of blueberries in the muffins. Yeah. So so I'm a bit like that when it comes to those uh, things. So I'd rather stay behind the scenes and do the work. So grew up in Italy, uh, here in London a fair bit. So English, Italian, do you speak German at all? Uh, Funny enough, I, I, in high school, I don't know why, but I studied German rather than uh, English. Then I learned English later on. Um, but now I've forgotten all my German. But at some point in time, I was fairly good at German. <laughs> same, same. I think I did. I think I put five years into German doing that at GCSE school. I did a year of French and God knows that's gone. But there's a little, there's bits of German hanging on. But I just, I feel like if you really want to get ahead internationally and do like make a splash in this world, just having a couple of languages under your belt always comes in handy. And I guess for a brand like this, it's imperative, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. And uh, look, we are now, uh, and internalization is uh, one of the area of growth, of course, and making the brand more local, you know, like uh, in the connection with the clients, uh, localize the languages on the website, the customer service, uh, which, which all increases the complexity of everything. But um, it's necessary to be um, uh, to become a big brand is necessary would you say yes well Luca great talking to you great catching up as always uh, I hope the meeting goes well tomorrow be keen to see <laughs> what happens in Chelsea thanks for tolerating this uh, p- people can't see this on the uh, podcast obviously but my headphones fell apart after about two minutes and I've been holding one of the earphones <laughs> like I'm actually just on the telephone talking to you uh, that's how it looks anyway but um, it's, it's been I fun didn't catching. notice that but I was enjoying uh, your dog uh, running in the background yeah so uh, i mean i shut the door but they always seem to manage to get in somehow and and run around and chase the cat so (laughs) a little bit of mayhem here but lucafaloni.com the place to go oh and lastly when do you think these stores will be open what's do you have a deadline for those yes so munich opens in uh, two weeks Uh Uh, so end of may and uh, milan uh, will be about 10 days later later and Miami is a little bit more down the line because uh, the summer there now is very hot. So we will open in around September. Okay, cool. Before our Basel. So definitely before our Basel. It's an exciting moment. These are the first stores that I don't see until almost the end. The other ones, I was seeing them while they were getting built. And, um, and also Miami was the first store. I signed the lease on Miami without actually seeing the store. Wow. Be- because uh, in, in America during COVID, you, we couldn't fly for a year and a half, basically. So yeah. uh, I, I couldn't get there, but I, I had detailed video calls of the place and uh, the surroundings. So. Powerful. Well, uh, I guess Miami, well, Milan also will just be a homecoming for you, right? Yeah. yeah. Up there. One more reason to go back. And, uh, but again, I, don't, don't forget, I, I hate going to visit my own stores because... I would always find <laughs> things that are not in place and uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I look at things from another point of view in the same way like a movie director watches a movie and, uh, you know, it's not the same. You understand where the lights are. Where the <laughs> it's, well, look, Luke is saying this, but I've been to the store in Malibu and there's a huge picture of him on the wall. So, you know, he's being modest on the phone, but in the, I'm only joking. There's no huge picture with you in the, in the store. <laughs> I got a hat last time I was down there. I was looking for it just before jumping on the call, but uh, I can't find it. But uh, it's a great store. I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes up in London so I can get around to seeing it. But uh, in the meantime, Luca, thanks for jumping on. Enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you would like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.